the communication of your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. See, everything is, is in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, let's, let's eat our salad. Um, thank you, Lord. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. I'm in Galatians 4. This is not in your notes. I want to encourage you to go ahead and get that uh, summon app. And uh, we got some notes for today, at least the ones I plan to talk about anyway. Praise the Lord. Um, this is not in your notes, but in Galatians Four and four. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem. Everybody say redeem. Say it again. Psalm 107 said, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are the redeemed. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Now here's what I want you to see. Verse 7, or excuse me, verse, well, the end of verse 6, adoption as sons. Everybody say sons. And that's used in a generic sense that um, that includes ladies, your sons, your daughters, if you're more comfortable with that. But basically your children. Now, the next verse is very important. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. We're no longer servants. We are not slaves. We are sons. Amen? You're not a servant of God. You are a son of God. I'm glad you're excited about that. And you're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. Amen? All right, now let's go into the main course we have uh, on the menu today. Praise God. And uh, we're going to talk about the enemies of faith. We're talking about enemies to your faith. Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge of God's word. Let's just jump right in here. Praise God. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Be diligent, everybody say be diligent, to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, um, rightly dividing. See, 
if you can rightly divide, God wants us to rightly divide the word of truth. Say rightly divide. And rightly implies wrongly. You, you can wrongly divide the word of truth. And people are doing that every single day. I'm going to give you an example that happens in funerals all over the country, probably even the world, uh, because of their mishandling of a certain scripture. And this is just one example, but it's very prominent. So we're going to look at it in, in, in detail. But we need to rightly divide the word of truth. Now, you can't really rightly divide the word of truth unless you understand that everything needs to be looked at through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. Okay? Through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. Y'all kind of quiet today, so I might have y'all repeat some stuff to just to, to stay with me. Say, uh, we need to read the Scriptures. Say, we need to read the Scriptures through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. All right. Now, here it says, so faith comes by what? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. In the Greek, that's Christos. So this is just saying what I said before. We need to, to hear through, through the word of Christos, through the word of Christ. So we need to understand that what Jesus has done for us on the cross is it's a finished work. Your victory is finished. Your, your healing is finished. Your, your prosperity is finished. So, so now in, in a lot of that, let's go to uh, the book of Job. It's not the book of Job. It's the book of Job. And we're going to, to look at this. And now, all of the Bible uh, is, uh, is for us, okay? And so, but we need to look at the Bible, like even in the Old Testament. I know we're not in the Old, we're not living in the Old Covenant, but um, I minister out of the New Covenant because, see, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. And see, we need to look at, at the Bible, but we have to read it through the lens of the New Covenant, through the lens of the finished work. We're not, we're not under the law. Okay? So, now let, let me give you just an overview of, of the book of Job. Now, Job is, uh, praise the Lord, now we're, now we're cooking with grease trying to control my slides here, and I was just having some difficulty here. Okay, now we're ready. Okay, so the whole book of Job, now sometimes people, they, they, they use Job as an example for a troubled life. Well, I've got the troubles of Job. Now realize that most scholars say that the, the book of Job took place between a period of nine and 12 months. So you're not looking at a, a whole lifetime of somebody, okay? And in particular, what we're going to look at today, um, the catastrophes that happened to Job. Uh, how many of you ever had a bad week? Okay, 
Job had a bad week. I mean, that's all. I mean, I'm, I'm not minimizing what happened. Now, he, he had a lot happen. I mean, uh, his, his livestock got stolen. His servants were killed. All of his children were, were killed. He had a bad week. Had a terrible week. I mean, that's, that's an understatement. I mean, and I'm not minimizing what happened to him, but understand and that you're not reading about stuff that happened his whole life. And most people that talk about Job don't look at what happened to him in the end and about how God blessed him. I mean, if you want to identify with Job, you want to identify with the blessings because that's how he ended up. Don't, end up. don't identify with how he started. End up how God finished the thing for him. Amen. And, and Job is not our example. <laughs> Jesus is our example. The Bible doesn't say looking unto Job, the author and finisher of our, our faith. Looking unto Jesus. See, we, we've got to see Jesus in the scriptures. Amen? When Jesus was walking with those two fellows on, on that seven-mile uh, uh, road to Emmaus, he opened up the scriptures to them. Amen. And, and he, he revealed to them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. He taught them. He, he showed them himself in the scriptures. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, it's also interesting to note that this is a very old book, one of the oldest books of the Bible, it's before the law. That's why there's no reference to the law or anything in here. And a lot of this stuff that Job was talking about, he was just talking crazy. And he admits as much. See, again, we've got to read the end of the story. <laughs> okay. You can't stop here. Some people just stop at verse 21, and they say, yep, that's me right there. The Lord has given, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, we're going to deal with that. Okay, so the um, verse, uh, okay, 6. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. That's what he does today. He, he's not in hell. He's like, you've got a private jet, and he goes to and fro through the earth. <laughs> he just goes up and down just trying to cause destruction. All right? Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? Now, I want you to look at this. We're going to read this through the eyes of Jesus and his finished work, and we know that the Lord does not uh, cause disaster in our lives. John 10.10 10 says, it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
Okay, we, we, we know that. If you want to look at um, what God is like, look at Jesus. I'm getting ahead of myself, but let, let's, let's go ahead and read some more of this. Now, sometimes uh, people read, look at this and say, well, God just basically gave Satan a, a permission to just go ahead and just sick, go ahead and sick Job, go and sick him, you know. Have you considered my servant Job? But see, that's not in here. That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Okay, so this is not God sicking uh, Satan on Job. They're having this conversation. And uh, again, through the light of the finished work of Jesus, Satan just can't roll up in God's presence right now. Okay, he's, he, he, he doesn't have these ongoing conversations in God's presence. He's kicked out. He's booted out. He doesn't have any access here in this new covenant. Amen? Okay, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does, does, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? Now, let's brag on Job for a minute. Uh, Job was, is to be commended because with all the stuff that he went through, he didn't forsake God. He didn't understand God fully. See, the things that are in the Old Testament are written for our admonition and, learn, and, and learning, so we need to make sure we learn the right things. Everything Job said, Job said a lot of things that were in error, but it's written in the Bible for our learning. Now, here, here's, here's the good news, man. God's got a hedge around every one of them. And see, here's Satan acknowledging that. Have you not made a hedge around, around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. That's what, that, that was an accurate description. We know that Satan is a liar, but he's not lying here. This is an accurate description of, of what... Uh, of what was going on in Job's life, he was a blessed man, and God had a hedge around him. Now, Satan doesn't know everything. He's not the equivalent of God. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing, and he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. Sometimes people think that God and Satan are in this heavyweight fight, and we're waiting just to the last round, or we're waiting to see who wins. Now, there's no question. Uh, 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 God and Satan are not equals. It's not even close. Jesus said, I, have, I observed Satan when he tried to, when Satan uh, back in, in, in the world that was, tried to exalt himself above God's throne, and God booted him out. He got too big for his britches. God kicked him out of heaven. Jesus said, I observed Satan fall from heaven like lightning. You know how quick lightning is? So there's no competition between a God and Satan. 
But see, sometimes people try to make him that way because, see, Satan can't see everything you're doing. He can only be at one place at one time. God can be everywhere at the same time. God can only, uh, the devil can only be at one place at a time. So my point here is Satan didn't even know the hedge was down. It wasn't, God didn't let the hedge down. Job himself didn't. I'm, I'm gonna, we'll get to that later, okay? Now, Satan said, but now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Now, you know, he's telling God, he's, he's saying, you stretch out your hand and touch him. In other words, you, you mess with him. You, you take from him. This tells us the nature of God. God didn't do this. And I don't know why people think that God caused this stuff to happen in Job's life. Well, the Lord put this on me to teach me something like he did Job. God did not touch Job. If God touches you, it is to bless all that you have. And God has touched us. And he has put a hedge all around us. <laughs> what did the Lord say to Satan? He said, behold, all that he has is in your power. This is not God giving him permission to do anything. It was in his power. See, the, 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 the devil, uh, because... Adam sinned in the garden, gave the devil authority in the earth. That's just the way it is. And the Lord said, all that he has is in your power. Only uh, do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. The Lord would not allow him to, to mess with him personally. So then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshiped. Now, we're, we're dropping down to skipping the part where the destruction happened. Okay? Uh, again, his livestock was stolen. His uh, household help servants were all killed. All of his children killed. Okay? This happened in a span of about a week. And Job is to be commended because then uh, Job arose, tore his, tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall... How many of you heard this in funerals? And naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, that's in the Bible. And see, you've got to read the Bible how through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. So people read that, and they say, now I take, I'm going to take my time with this. Um, I just kind of want to give you a snapshot, uh, a snapshot of the book of Job. Um, but I, I, I don't, I like to go through this very methodically because still today in 2018, People are still saying this in funerals. I don't know why the Lord took uh, my daughter. I was at a family gathering um, with, uh, with my wife, Carla. And, uh, man, Carla's pretty laid back, and, 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 and she, she even rose up in this, this thing. I was like, wow, whoa. And uh, they, they were honoring somebody who had, a daughter of someone who had passed away. 
it was it was her daughter, and they were just having had had a dinner, and um, and the lady had uh, a partner, okay, and her, her partner got up and she said uh, there was somebody somebody had made a statement, and you hear this stuff, and and this this happens because of a misunderstanding of the Bible. Um, somebody got up and, and they said, uh, well, the Lord doesn't make any mistakes in reference to this, this girl. Now, she, she might have been, I don't know, in her 30s maybe? I don't know. 40s? Okay. Passed away way too soon. And so somebody got up and said, the Lord doesn't make any mistakes. Okay, what does that imply? The Lord did it. That's why we've got to take our time and deal with it, however long it takes, okay? So you can see this in, in, in the word for yourself, okay? And then somebody, now, that wasn't the lady's partner. That was uh, one member of the family. Then the lady's partner rose up, and she said, God effed up. Yeah, she said it. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, we're just enjoying some dinner, man. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, what? I ain't never heard that. I've been around this thing a long time, and I never heard that. I mean, she said it with some, some, some boldness, too. And then Carla rose up. God didn't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> God didn't have nothing to do with it. I said, whoa. <laughs> huh? then, then that lady said, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. She backed down, man. <laughs> Amen, I love it. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Now, Joe, we see here that God didn't do this. So why in the world, I think preachers, it would be a good, how many of you think it would be a good idea for, for preachers to read the Bible? <laughs> I mean, when, when, I mean is, that, is that fair? Yes. I mean, my goodness. You can see this for yourself. So that's why when you're sitting in that funeral, you say, M -m -miss, you know, I, I wouldn't encourage you to do that. But it's just, just thank God for smartphones. You can, you can get there, you can put, put your little headsets in or just, you can read your Bible. Uh, you can do something. I, I, uh, funerals, it's very tough for me because of the nonsense that comes out from the pulpit. This is nonsense. Now, this is in the Bible. But you need to understand, again, how to rightly divide the word of truth. There is a difference between something, listen, that is truly stated and something that is a statement of truth. See, what Job said is truly stated, but it's not a statement of truth. What do you mean by that? Okay, let's say we're in a board meeting, and uh, I'm the president, and uh, let's say you are the secretary. Okay, now I'm going to say some things, and I want you, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Secretary, to write this down. Every dog, 
Imagine we're in a board meeting of XY Acme Corporation. Okay. <laughs> Amen. And so, y'all ready to take notes? We're in a board meeting. We just left church. We're in a board meeting now. I'm going to say something, and I need you to take notes. All dogs that come into this world have six heads and nine legs. Got it? Let's fast forward to 30 days later. We're in another board meeting. It's a monthly meeting. And so I'm going to get up and uh, call the meeting to order. And then I need you, the secretary, to read the minutes from the last meeting. What did Pastor Al say? Y'all take pretty good notes. <laughs> I think you said, if you said what I said, all dogs that come into this world have six legs. Six heads, nine legs. Okay, now, I want to ask you this question. Say this first. Say, say in the last meeting, the last meeting Pastor, Al said, Pastor Al said, every dog, that's born into this world, has six heads and nine legs. Now let me ask you this question. Is that true? So we have a, we have a mixed answers here. And this is, this is the reason why a lot of people don't understand the Bible. Because they don't understand the difference between something truly stated and something that's a statement of truth. So is that true? No. Is it truly stated? Is it a statement of truth? So what Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord's taken away. It's truly stated. It's in the Bible. It's recorded the way it's supposed to be. Again, it's in there for our admonition and for our learning. But is it a statement of truth? No, it's clearly not because God didn't do this to Job. It was the devil. It was truly stated. It's in the, well, it's in the Bible. See, how many of you know people will say stuff, but it's not a statement of truth. There's all kind of stuff in the Bible. There's not a statement of truth. You got guys preaching loud and hollering at people and shaking their Bibles at folks that are preaching things that's in the Bible, but it's not the gospel. What do I mean? And, 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 and some of the stuff, now here's where it can get kind of deep. Some of it is true. There is a hell. But preaching hell is not the gospel. We need to tell people what Jesus did on the cross. The gospel is God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them. He gave us that word of reconciliation. We don't have a, a, a mess. Paul didn't go around preaching hell. He preached the gospel. Gospel means good news. 
you're going to hell. That's not good news. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He gave us the word of reconciliation. That's the word that we need to be preaching. He tells us exactly what to preach. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, and he gave us that message of reconciliation. Tell people that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Preach the gospel to every creature. That's the gospel. <laughs> Amen. And people today, it's not like they used to be. It's not like the 60s. People, they're people today, they're not hell, scared of hell. You know, we got to warn people. No, give them the gospel. Give them the good news. If Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, people in 2018, they're not scared of hell. They say, you're going to hell. I say, I know. They're not scared. <laughs> Amen. Jesus came that you might have life. He wants you to live. He wants you to live now. Not just in the in the uh, sweet by and by, but now. Godliness is profitable. My, my Bible says that godliness is profitable in this life. Okay, so if if you want, listen to this. If you want the best insight into God's character, who do you look at? <laughs> Job. You already answered. You already answered the question. Do you look at Job or you look at Jesus? Very simple, right? In the 42nd chapter of Job, Job says, by, by his own admission, he said, I've, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye see you, sees you. He said, now, so this is the last chapter. <laughs> see, he didn't see him before. Y'all see that? He didn't see him before. He said, now my eyes see you. See, he, repent, he repented. Now watch this. Uh, let's look at Jesus in John 14, 9. Jesus said to him, have I been uh, with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? Okay. If you still doubt what I'm saying, look at this. Look at Jesus' life. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the Gospels and see how Jesus operated. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus. How did he treat people? Did he go around preaching hell? He mentioned it, but he didn't preach hell. He he. And that's what made the religious people angry because, see, they were all about preaching hard stuff. And Jesus, Jesus was showing grace and love and mercy and compassion to people, and they couldn't handle it. Tony, you know that that woman he's talking to is a sinner? He's like, duh. Those that are well don't need the, the physician, but those that are sick. 
I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. One of my favorite verses, a lot of people don't, they kind of gloss over it, is that, so you can't help people if they already think they see. Jesus said, if you were blind, I could help you. He said, but you think you see, so your sin remains. You can't help somebody that they already think, they think they're free, but they're, ball bound, they're bound up as, as they can be. But if they don't acknowledge it, they can't, they'll, 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 unfortunately, they'll stay with it. Mm. You got people all bound up with fear, but they don't see it. So they keep it. God can help them. So if you know people like that, what you pray is that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. You got people, you get people so afraid they don't, want even, want even, don't even want to leave the house. You know that? Afraid. Huh? I don't, say, I don't mean don't take precautions about, about things. But you don't live with a, what, what Timothy called a spirit of fear. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say, I'm free from the spirit of fear. See, Jesus, you want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. Hebrews says he's the express image of his person. God who in, uh, Hebrews starts off talking about God who in various times, in, in, in times past, spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, spoken to us through his son. That's how God is speaking today through Jesus. Jesus said, you want to know what the Father looks like? Look at me. You ever see God put, you ever see Jesus put sickness on people? You ever see Jesus say, okay, you're going to have to stay sick for the will of God. Then why do people think God is doing that? Look at Jesus if you want to know what, uh, what the Father looks like. Amen. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. God does not give and take away. Look at Romans eleven twenty nine, 29. Boy, this, is, this will bless you. This will show you right now. See, God, God blessed Job. Everything that he had, he blessed Job. He, he, uh, he surrounded him with blessings. Even Satan acknowledged that. Well, the Lord took it all away from him, did he? No. It's truly stated, but it's not a statement of truth. <laughs> Look at this from the Message Bible. God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. Okay, so if God didn't take this stuff away from him, isn't this good? See, God did not mess with Job's stuff and kill his kids. God didn't F up on Carla's family member. So God couldn't take anything from Job that he gave him because the scripture says his gifts are irrevocable. It got a warranty attached to it. <laughs> so 
something happened, and we get insight to it. The hedge was pulled down in Job's life. Job 3.25 gives us insight into it. Watch this. Talked about that spirit of fear. Somebody asked John Osteen, if, uh, can a Christian have a demon? He said, a Christian can have anything he wants. Now, you can't be demon-possessed, but you certainly can have a tormenting spirit. And people that have a tormenting spirit, it's a, tr it's a tricky thing because that's how, how much we see he's an accuser. He's an, an accuser of the brethren, okay, and he's also a deceiver. I saw this in one of these movies. It said one of the big. He said, it said one of the biggest tricks to ever ever pull is to uh, get people to believe he don't exist. <laughs> He's the guy that throws his rocks and hides his head, because people like people that are tormented by demons, and there is deliverance in the cross. The answer is the cross is very simple. But um, he, he can lie to people. He's, 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 he's a master deceiver. But I'm exposing him right now because, see, we, we, we can't be ignorant of his, of his devices. See, he can make people believe, torment people, and at the same time make them believe that, he's not, that it's not him. The stuff that happened with Job, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. See, worry and fear is messing people up. Somebody said, man, don't tell me. See, it doesn't do any good to worry. Somebody said, well, don't tell me it doesn't do any good to worry because the things I worry about never happen. Amen. What kind of foe, what kind of foe, what kind of, what kind of thing that comes against you would be greater than the devil himself? Can you think of any? Any opposition? Holler out. Any, anything greater than the devil himself? I mean, we know that he's the source of all evil, so let's just go right to the source. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? And nobody said nothing. So I think you agree to me agree with me that there's no greater foe than the enemy. There's no there's no problem that doesn't come from him. There's no situation, there's no circumstance that doesn't come from him. Smith Wigglesworth, uh, you know, old old apostle, I mean he passed away several years ago, raised several people from the dead. He said one time that the devil appeared to him at the foot of his bed. You know what he did? He said, oh, it's you, and he went back to sleep. He didn't even bother rebuking it. Something coming against you, go back to sleep. I mean, it takes some authority to do that. Then you might have to rebuke it. But when you realize that no weapon formed against you should prosper, see, you know you get, man, can't touch that, like old MC Hammer used to say. Don't, 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 
Oh, don't, don't. I mean, when when, you, when 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 something coming against you, you think something coming against you, something attacking you, whatever. It's like doom, 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 doom. I mean, because he can't mess with you. When you know who you are, you can live in fear if you want. And here's the classic statement of people in, in, in a spirit of fear. It's like, I'm just using wisdom. No, you have a spirit of fear. No, you have a spirit of fear. Well, no, you have a spirit of fear. No, you have a spirit of fear, okay? And you need to deal with that thing. And see, I'm, I, I love you enough to tell you. Don't pet the spirit. Don't feed the spirit. It will grow. <laughs> feed it. How do you feed it? Focus your mind. Focus your mind on it. Do research on it. It's going to dominate you and control you and get you so bowed up so tight you can't even think straight. It's a spirit of fear. The devil doesn't like this kind of teaching because it exposes him because it, it, it puts him out there. Now, you know what that spirit, spirit the spirit of whispering here. That ain't the spirit of fear. <laughs> but see, anything that doesn't is not freeing. Huh? You know, it's not of God. Anything that doesn't, is not freeing, is not of God. Let me wrap this up from way out of time. Um, I love this clock because when the clock says five minutes, it just it goes, it counts down to zero and then it says five minutes like it gives me five minutes and then it doesn't do anything else. So we're suspended in a perpetual five minute. Okay, let me, let me just wrap this up real quick. This is really very simple. The devil... Look, look here. The, um, oh, here it is. The thing that, that Job greatly feared came on him. Fear opens the door to the devil. Like faith attracts the blessings of God, fear, attack, uh, uh, fear attracts negative things. Come on now. He didn't say, it didn't say he feared it. He said, the thing I greatly feared. Anything you greatly fear can come on you. You think it's coming from somewhere or whatever. It's, no, your fear attracts this negative stuff in your life. But what happened to Job, we're going to skip to, to chapter 42, when Job, everybody say the thing that Job greatly feared came upon him. That which I dreaded has happened to me. It was Job that let the uh, hedge down in his life through fear. Look at verse 42, uh, chapter 42, of verse 3. We'll see that. He said, you asked, who is it? Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge. Therefore, I have uttered 
all that nonsense that Job was talking about in the book of Job. That I have uttered, or therefore I have uttered what I did not what? Didn't understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. And the Bible says when Job prayed for his, his three friends, you can read this in the, the chapter 42, when Job prayed for his three friends, the Lord, um, he, he, turned, he, he turned Job's situation around. In verse 12, it says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days. Let's look at the end of the story. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. We already saw he's blessed in the beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep. Well, the Lord did just give you spiritual blessing. Don't believe that, that God will prosper you. God will prosper you materially. Look at, look at this. God, he gave him 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels. Nothing spiritual about a camel. God blessed him with stuff, man. This weekend I was uh, with, uh, at this school where they, it's wonderful, they're doing wonderful things with, with kids and they have like a little mini farm and kids learn how to, they had these goats out there. Um, reminded me of some church members, but I'm just kidding. There was goats and they would take these goats and, uh, and they have this facility that, well, they take them actually inside of school, and uh, they make milk. They had a machine, and the guy was running down the process of how they turn that goat milk into cheese, man. I learned more than, than, than what I need to know about that kind of stuff, man. And they, they make it right there. And, and it's, uh, that's, like, that's awesome, man. Um, and it's inter interesting how kids can, some kids that won't connect with sports or the arts or whatever, you put an animal in front of them, and that opens them up. And they just use these things like that to, to, to connect to these kids. And, and, and these kids, are, their lives are being um, turned around. It's, just, it's pretty cool. But anyway, 14,000 sheep, 6,000 goats, no, camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Um, he called the name of the first Jemima. She had to be black. <laughs> the name of the second Keziah and the, the name of the third Karen Hapu. And all that in the land were found. No women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. Man, he had the finest Daughters in the land. See, when God, you may have had some things stolen from you, but your latter will be greater than the former. Amen. His daughters were taken away from him, but God, God wasn't responsible for that. But what God did was he restored to him. More daughters. And they were the most beautiful girls in the land. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Blessed them with long life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
He blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning. Whatever you lost, God will restore. 